Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that like to get freaky in an elevator. What? Where's that from? I don't know. You, you like to get freaky in an elevator? You just know, right? It was like, <laughs> you just know. Where's that from? Oh, I'm Googling it. I can't. This is going to kill me. <laughs> um, if you want to catch us on Twitter, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, at Brodo FF Mike, at Brodo FF Jason, and at Brodo FF Tim on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter to talk about the upcoming NFL draft. As you know, the upcoming NFL draft is upcoming. This time next week, the NFL draft will be on. That's right. Live sports will be on. And we have today. Today's episode is all about consistency, right? Is Which teams are most consistent? at drafting good players in the draft that are going to be fantasy viable. We have that for you today. We focus on the AFC today. Plus, this is very fun. On the, I don't think I've ever seen this. No, we. this is an original. Yes, original. You're only getting it right here. And we also have Bob Lung on the program. He is a friend of the show. He is the publisher of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Um, he is up for a numerous awards and just a really good dude. We have a great conversation with him. So make sure to check that out at the second half of the show. Uh, you guys ready? You guys ready to go? Always, my brother. I also, I don't, I Googled like, how do you know if you want to have sex in an elevator? Like, cause I think that's the line from the show. And then it was just a bunch of like Yahoo questions of how do you have sex in an elevator? What's the best way? So I'm not going to know what show that's from at least this I mean, it's, episode. It's not from a show. It's just, it from is. My brain. No, it's I've from heard my brain. it somewhere. I don't know. Maybe new girl. Let's get freaking in an elevator. The Brodo Brand Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So in the second half of the show, like we said, we got Bob Lung, and we're looking forward Great to that. Great convo. But, but great convo with him. But before we get into Bob Lung, look, a lot of people are going to say a lot of things about the NFL draft. And it's kind of like the first round of a fantasy draft, uh, the NFL draft, where you think everyone's going to be great and then half the people are just aren't. Right. So there are some teams that just have a better finger on the pulse of drafting players who will be fantasy viable than other players. So we look back. At the last five years of drafts, I looked at the AFC East. Uh, Michael, you got the South? North. Michael I'm, looked at the I'm North. South. Jason looked at the South, and then we split up the AFC West. And we are looking back at the last five years of offensive players drafted and what kind of, what kind of effect that they had on the fantasy landscape within the last five years. Um the way we did it is we looked back at the players, we saw all the players they drafted, and we gave a team stars for their ability to draft. We'll go around in order, so we won't go by we won't go by divisions because if that's the case, then I'll just talk for four straight teams, and then Jason will talk. For, that no one wants to hear that. No one so wants to hear. Tim we'll talk go around. <laughs> we'll go around in order, and since Jason was kind enough to do an extra um, team, we'll start with him, and then we'll end with him, snake draft style. And so we're gonna give you guys first the players. Uh, and then we'll let you know how many stars we give these teams uh, in terms of how often they are to draft. Now, this is not a completely scientific thing. 
coaching staffs, GMs have changed in that meantime. So, for example, I'll be looking at a lot of Mike McCagnin's picks for the Jets when it's really Joe Douglas who's going to be making the picks. So this is not an exact science, but ownership tends to stay the same. Owners tend to be in those draft rooms. Owners tend to talk about which draft, which players they want to draft. Uh, famously, as you know, Jerry Jones really wanted Johnny Manziel and things like that. So uh, you get some idea. So, Jason, why don't you start with your first team? Uh, how many stars you give them? And then let's, let's take a deep dive into their draft picks over the last five years. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll start with the AFC South team. We all split the AFC West, but since I'm the AFC South guy, I'll go there. We'll do the West last. Um, I'll start with the Jaguars. One to five, they get. Drum roll, please. Uh, Could we guess? Yeah, guess. Just based off instincts, I'm gonna go with one and a half stars. Ah, oh, they get. They get. They drafted Leonard Fournette, which who has been a fantasy, been a good fantasy player. I don't know. Um, all right, one pick. I'll say two stars. I'll say two stars. Let's not guess. Let them just say. It. I didn't use halves, so the answer is one. Halves. One star. Okay. Not a why. lot of production there. First of all, doing this, you you see some fun stuff. The the funnest thing I saw, the Jaguars have been trying to land the Gardner Minshew for a while now. In 2016, they drafted Brandon Allen in the sixth round, quarterback, failed. They drafted Tanner Lee in 2018 in the sixth round, quarterback, failed. Then they drafted Gardner Minshew in the sixth round, quarterback, 2019. So this is the third time's a charm. They've been looking for a Gardner Minshew. <laughs> And uh, they got one. So that's honestly one of their best picks, Gardner Minshew. We saw what he did his rookie season. But for we're talking fantasy purposes here. Quarterbacks aren't super important. And he's still, yeah, he had a decent rookie season, but he's no QB1 at the moment. So there's that. Last season, they also drafted Josh Oliver in the third round, who was injured and barely played. And then the fifth round, Reichwell Armstead, who barely played last year behind Leonard Fournette. Uh, so not a... Great showing for 2019. 2018, second round, wide receiver DJ Chark came on last season, 1,008 yards and eight touchdowns. Probably they got their... Fournette and Chark in the last two years, and you give them a one star. I mean, that's I it. Mean, last, All right, like, you know what? You're years. right. I'll give it a two. Looking at the rest of the things, this deserves a two. <laughs> DJ Chark, uh, good pick there. Then their only other offensive pick in 2018 was Tanner Lee, so that didn't really go anywhere. 2017, I didn't want to give them a two because – Leonard Fournette was a fourth overall pick. I will never condone a fourth overall pick running back pick. But it's but he's been, been good decent. for fantasy. So, yeah. I mean, three years in a row, they've been pretty good. Leonard Fournette, then DJ Chark, then they got Gardner Minshew, who they think could be their guy in the future. They got rid of Nick Foles. They also drafted D.D. Westbrook in the fourth round. He's been all right. So, solid, solid two so far for the Jaguars. You're right. I was a little harsh. And then in 2017, they also drafted in the seventh round fullback Marquez Williams. I'm going to end that there. I have some fun tidbits on some of these guys that no one ever heard of, but no tidbits on Marcus I did not Williams mark here. down fullbacks. I'll tell you that right now. 20, yeah, me neither. Oh, well, <laughs> I like to have fun. 2016, their only offensive pick was Brandon Allen, quarterback, sixth round. Um, so they were really going heavy on their defense there when they were well, – What was well, it? Yeah, what, what, are they, what were they called? Uh, the fuck was their nickname? Blanking. How are we blanking? Whatever. And then we're down to 2015, the fifth year. Uh, funny picks here. Seventh round, they took Ben Koyak, still on Jacksonville, tight end, uh, special teams guy. Seventh round pick, Neil Sterling. Saxonville. Saxonville, right. Uh, 2015 seventh round pick, wide receiver Neil Sterling, turned into a fullback in 2017 for the Jets, then played that tight Neil end. Neil Sterling? Yep, then played tight end for the Jets the next year. And now is out of the league. So wide receiver, fullback, and tight end. 
Rashad Green in the fifth uh, round as a wide receiver, still on Jacksonville. Nine transactions of cut, pickup, cut, pickup, cut, so on and so forth. And the second round that year, TJ Eldon, a.k.a. Average McGee. So if you look at this, overall, their best picks every year are TJ Eldon, no one, Fournette, Chark, Minshew. I'll give him a solid two. All right. I still think yeah, they're I'll a little harsh. I think I'd go two and a half, but I All didn't right. use halves. They did a little better than I expected to be TBH for the picks that they had. Talking about it, yeah, fantasy. They did wise. a little better than I expected. Shall All right, I go Michael, next? Who's your first team? Yep. Heading to the AFC North here, folks. I'm starting with the Baltimore Ravens, and they get three stars. Ooh, so it might seem a little low, but let's go. I'm starting with 2015. I'm going opposite of Jason because I like going backwards. First round, Brashad Perriman. We all know a bust Mm. for 15, 16, 17, 18, and then 12 weeks of 19. Until the last five weeks, he averaged 100 yards and a touchdown and five receptions per game. Got the nice contract with the one-year prove-it deal with the Jets. Let's see how that goes, but was a huge bust up until the end of last season. Second round, tight end Max Williams. Blah. Bust there. This one, shout out to Tim. Fourth round, Zadarius Smith. Just throwing him out there because I know you're a big fan of his defensive player. And then back to offense, running back Buck Allen in the fourth round. Some very solid seasons as the backup. So that was a good pick in the fourth round. Uh, Totaled over 800 yards in two different seasons. Fifth round, Nick Boyle, tight end. Blah, has never really produced. Round six, this was another interesting one. Darren Waller. The round mm. six pick in 2015 of the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. Never did anything because he was dealing with substance abuse. And then last year, he's back clean, exploded onto the scene, 90 receptions, 1,145 yards, three touchdowns. Really makes, makes you think if he would have been one of those, I can't believe they drafted him in the sixth round type of guys if he played early on for the Ravens. So <clears throat> hard to give. Too much credit for Perriman or Waller because they both just came on out of nowhere in 2019 compared to being drafted in 2015. 2016, round four, Chris Moore, the wide receiver, never really did anything. Yeah. Uh, round four, Kenneth Dixon, Tim's favorite guy, never had more than 600 yards total and has only played in parts of two seasons. Has I mean, missed not my play. favorite guy, but he was a favorite of the Ravens for a long time until they just got sick of his shit and they'd sign Mark, Mark Well, Henry. he was always hurt, so that never really worked out right. either. In the fifth round, I had to go to another defensive player just just to shout out Tim again. Matt Judon, who Tim called taking a step up this year randomly. Uh, Not randomly because I'm nice (laughs) at this shit. Sixth round, Keenan Reynolds, the wide receiver from Navy, who had like a good game or two and never really. He just fizzled out. 2017, no offensive players. 2018, Hayden Hurst in the first round. As we know, he has busted with the Baltimore Ravens for the most part. First round, Lamar Jackson. That's where things get spicy. Gotta love the Lamar Jackson pick. I mean, he just had the best gear ever for a quarterback. <clears throat> round three, Mark Andrews. Another very spicy pick. Great pick there as a tight end. He was had a nice rookie season and then was great last season. My love of Round four, wide receiver Jaleel Scott. If you don't know who he is, welcome to the club. I honestly <laughs> did not remember that name at all. <laughs> and then 2019, First round, Marquise Brown, very solid first year. Uh, round three, Miles Boykin, also very promising as a rookie. And round four, Justice Hill, who flashed a bit. So really everything for the Ravens, the reason they got three stars is because 18 and 19, 
Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, Boykin, and Hill are five guys that could be something or have been something and are looking up. But then you got busts like Brashad Perriman, Max Williams, Hayden Hurst that you can't overlook. So the Ravens get three stars. It's interesting because the Ravens now, for the first time, are not going to have Ozzie Newsome making the pick. And Ozzie Newsome kind of set them up for the future before he left. So shout out to one of the best drafters of all time, um, Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie. All right. This one is close to my heart. The first team that I'm going to give is the Jets. The Jets, going through this list, the Jets are one of the most inept drafting teams in the history of drafts. When it comes to drafting offensive players, they get a half a star. And the reason ah. they get a half a star is because of is because of Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold has yet to crack QB1 in a season. So their best offensive draft pick in the last five years is Sam Darnold, and he's yet to crack QB1. Let's go over this. 2015, they draft Devin Smith, who flashed a little bit uh, from the Cowboys last year. He's been the most successful position player that they've drafted. In Man, no, nah, that was a terrible pick from the jump. He had like 20 career receptions at Ohio State. Dude just went downfield and caught passes and then got drafted in the second round. That was a joke. I mean, he was one of the better, the, one of the favorite sleepers of all the pundits and shit. Um, in the fourth round, QB Bryce Petty, who's now the backup for the, um, for the Dolphins. Christian Hackenberg in the second round, oh who goodness. couldn't even, who couldn't even crack the starting lineup in the XFL. He was a second-round pick in 2016. No other offensive pick. Let's go to 2017. One of the sorriest offensive drafts of all time. In the third round, wide receiver Darius Stewart. Now, this should be said. In the first two rounds, it was um, Marcus May and um, the pr- Jamal president. Adams. Jamal Adams. So, a good a good safety combination <laughs> the for the first and second round. They've been pretty good at drafting defensive players, but the offensive players has been another story. 2017, Darius Stewart. Alabama wide receiver who didn't even make the team out of camp. A third-round pick who didn't make the team out of camp. Chad Hansen, another wide receiver out of Cal. Who Scott Hansen's cousin. Um, Jordan Leggett, a tight end who's basically – he's still on the team, the third tight end right now, and basically a, a special teams player. And then Elijah McGuire in the sixth round who has flashed some stuff as a kick returner but has done really nothing. In 2018, Sam Darnold. Chris Herndon in the third round could be a star, but so far injuries and suspensions. Of course, he's a Miami player, so of course suspensions have gotten in the way. And glorified kick returner Trenton Cannon in the sixth Cannon. round. And then last year, in the fourth round, they get Trayvon Wesco. Trayvon Wesco, another tight end who is a basically a blocking person. So you have, out of all these players the most consistent performer of all these players was probably Chris Herndon in his rookie year where he got 500 points and wasn't even a 500 yards and wasn't even a tight end one. That's how sad the Jets were. That is disgusting. Disgusting. So for the fact that Sam Darnold could be good and could be a QB one, I'm giving them a half a star or else they would just get nothing. It's negative. By far the worst team that I evaluate. Honestly, you should give them negative 48. That's true. Horrible. Horrible. You should have given them zero stars. Ridiculous. Wherever Mike McCagnin is. They have not produced um, a single fantasy viable option in five years. You should have given them zero stars. And if you go back earlier than that, when's the last the last offensive skill player? Well, I had an argument with someone on Twitter. And, tech, and technically they were right. I'll take the L when I, take, when I have to take an L. QB is considered a skill player. That For me, that, that's not how I ever thought of the word skill player. Interesting. Um, 
Skill player on offense is the wide receiver, running back, tight, uh, sometimes tight end, depending. And then on the outsides, cornerback, safety, like the outsides, the outsides. You know what I'm saying? That's usually how I feel about it. But anyway, the last wide receiver or running back we drafted um, in the first round was Santana Moss. Santana Moss in 2001. So going back years and years and years, the Jets haven't drafted a viable offensive candidate, which is why I really hope they get we at this time next year. We're looking at Jerry Judy in, in gang green uniform. Gang green. All right, I'm going next. I'm a, I guess we're starting with a later date. Someone should have gave me that memo before I started the show. Otherwise, the Houston Texans out of one to five or zero to five, apparently I'm giving them a one. Mm, another terrible not a good game. outlook. Listen, I was maybe a little hard after Deshaun Watson, but you realize that these teams suck at drafting, or it's just really hard to evaluate talent. Starting in 2015, seventh round pick running back Kenny Hilliard never played in a game. Fifth round pick wide receiver Keith Mumphrey not in the league anymore. Third round pick wide receiver Jalen Strong three touchdowns his rookie year, one since. 2016 fourth round pick running back Tyler Irvin stuck around as a special teams guy. 2016 third-round pick, wide receiver Braxton Miller, also known as Uncle Braxton, no longer in the league. First-round pick, Will Fuller. Very good one on the field, barely on it. Moving to 2017, third-round pick, running back, wait for it, Deontay Foreman. The most renowned 327 and two touchdown rookie season in the history of the NFL. The history, (laughs) absolutely. Man, the fact, like, I just went back today and I was like, this guy had 327 yards and two touchdowns and people couldn't hop off even last season. Yeah. In, oh, my, two years after he was drafted. He was drafted. Eighth, ninth round pick early last season. It was hysterical. So another wasted pick there. And then in the first round, Deshaun Watson stud. Basically their only good pick in the last few years. Uh, moving to 2018. Sixth round tight end Jordan Thomas had one catch last year. Fourth round wide receiver Kiki QT looked like he was off to a bright start. Then he got injured and fell out of favor with Bob. It's out basically there. only Deshaun Watson. Yep. Uh, 2018 third round Jordan Atkins. Decent tight end. Can't really say much. Also, Kahale Waring is waiting. Uh, last year, 2019, third round pick Kahale Waring tight end was injured all year. So we don't know much about that. We just know that he's probably going to infringe on Jordan Atkins' time. And then seventh-round pick running back Cullen Gillespie, special teams guy. Literally a bunch of poop besides someone who is on the field half the time, Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson. So that's going to get them a one. Yuck. That's trash. You'd think they uh, – actually, I was going to say you'd think they'd draft a better, but no. DeAndre Hopkins is prior to that. So, yeah, they really haven't added anyone. That's terrible. We're going um, to talk, talk to Bob Lung about consistency later today. And one thing that I noticed – um, especially in terms of consistency, is that consistently you'll have guys in the industry who want to tell you that fifth and sixth round picks are going to take incumbents jobs and be the next great thing. And consistently, anyone drafted past the fourth round sucks. Basically, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's no, it's like it's not even a contest. Like every once in a while, a fifth round pick will be okay. And yeah. that fifth round pick is usually a guy with character issues that would have been drafted in the third and second round otherwise. No, basically, we're going to go through this yeah. and see a bunch of like Darwin Thompsons where people wanted right. to hype them up. And we were just like, what are you doing? Don't even bother. Don't even draft so, them. 
when when you're on Twitter and you're listening to your podcast about fantasy sports and you're on Yahoo or whatever you are talking about your fantasy sports and that guy wants to be the first guy to say, hey, this fifth round pick is going to take this guy's job and blah, blah, tell him, Brodo sent me to tell you you're an idiot. <laughs> Basically, third rounder up is, yeah. is what it's looking like. Uh, moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers get four stars here, folks. And it's nice. because they've done a lot with a little. They only had two picks spent on offense in the second round in the last five years and none in the first round. So let's go through hmm. this real quick. 2015, third round, Sammy Coates. Remember when he was a thing? Oh, wow. He ended up having one season over 70 receiving yards in his career. Talk about a guy people overhyped. Fifth round, Jesse James. Never amounted to much. Was just a stopgap filler type and of guy. And a member of Team Rocket. Yes. 2016, only offensive player, seventh round pick, wide receiver, DeMarcus Ayers. Nope. Obviously did nothing. Don't know who that guy is either. 2017, second round pick, Juju Smith-Schuster. Got ourselves a stud, folks. Juju had one of the best starts to a career ever over his first two seasons. 2,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. Third round, James Conner. What a beautiful two rounds for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Conner was a fantasy stud in 2018. It was solid last year as well before Big Ben and himself got hurt. In line to start again this year. Let's see if the Steelers add a running back because he does struggle to stay healthy. 2018, second-round pick, James Washington. Ugh. I mean, he has a little bit of upside, but really that has not worked out. The former, what's the wide receiver award? Kidlechnikoff or something? Yes, award. The best wide receiver in college award went to him. Has not translated very well. Third-round pick, Mason Rudolph. Likely the worst quarterback in the league, maybe even behind Luke Falk. Fifth round pick, Jalen Samuels, a guy who, you know, he was going to take the job last year. Fifth round player who didn't steal someone's job. Tight end, Jalen Samuels. (laughs) Tight end slash running back. And then in 2019, third round pick, Deontay Johnson, which was very nice first season for him. 59 receptions, 680 yards, five touchdowns, basically surpassed James Washington on the depth chart already. Made the Pro Bowl as a returner as well, so has that kind of Pro Bowl flag to him now, too. Yeah, and then fourth-round pick, Benny Snell, another guy who was supposed to take Connor's job, who he told you sucked. So it's not jumping off the page, but Juju, Connor, and Deontay Johnson, all third-round picks or later. Well, Juju's a second-round pick. Give him a four. third-round pick. Deontay Johnson, third-round pick. I'm giving him a four stars. I'm going to have to do some work and normalize our values because that doesn't deserve a four in my book. They didn't have any first-round picks on uh, offensive players. They hit on three. They hit on, like, half of them, and they hit pretty big, so they get four stars. All right. right, Yeah, I mean, good point. I'm going to give three stars to the Miami Dolphins for the same reason that you did. They did a lot with a little, and it's pretty surprising um, how much success that they've had um, considering that their big draft, their last draft that really had good – good players was 2015 now in the first round they got Devonte parker wide receiver out of louisville he looked like a bust until this year then he had himself a season and got paid wide receiver wide receiver seven overall in half point ppr leagues uh 1202 yards nine touchdowns he looks like a future stud so that was a great pick by them in the first round in the fifth round you they say got that's a, a great pick by them man because look they it it made a fantasy player and it's and it is Who's been trash for years and overdrafted. Yeah, but but a great pick. When he got, but did he get the opportunity? Right. Yes. 
No, Adam Gase fucking hated him for some goddamn reason. And he didn't play him. Don't ever he call Devontae Parker a great pick again. Yo, I, I think it was look, he, he has he has the ability to be a a very good He had one good season in his life where he was Tim, forced fed, fed the ball by If the Jets draft C D Lamb and he sucks, and then in twenty twenty four breaks out, you're gonna say it was a great pick. No. I'm gonna in fan in terms of fantasy wise, this is a pick that I am giving a lot of credit for because it ended up working out. You guys see the four years later. Guys, no, the problem with you guys and it always has been is you guys are like <laughs> those people that don't give any oh he sucks as a rookie, then he sucks forever. Devontae Parker missed a season because of injury and he missed a season because Adam Gates put him on the bench. And then he has his rookie season. Tim, this I'm not talking and I'm not even talking season. about Devontae Parker. I'm talking about the fact that you just chose a guy. Who was drafted what year? 2015? Yeah. And didn't do well until 2019. You called it a great pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. <laughs> good, thank you. Good. Fine. There Stay you go. good. Carry on. What it produced a potential. No, no, no. Say good and player. move on, please. No, no, don't tell me no, no, no. <laughs> uh, um, fifth round running back, Jay Ajay. He was kind of the opposite of Devontae Parker. Mm. He looked good early on. And would have been a horse, it looked like, but injuries has gotten away. He had an unfortunate arthritis injury where he had no type of cartilage in his knees, and it just kept on nagging and nagging and nagging until he finally couldn't do it. His parents um, are still on Twitter <laughs> believing in him. In 2016, <laughs> he was the RB11 on the season despite only starting 13 games. He had just under 13 yards that season and eight TDs. He averaged five yards a carry. So he looked like he was on the way to be a fantasy stud, but injuries just got in the way. In 2016, they take third-round running back Kenyon Drake, who, again, took a little while to get to where he needed to be. A lot of it because Adam Gase, for some reason, decided he wanted to put all those good players in the doghouse. Um, he's been in, in and out, but he got good recently, thrived once he was in Arizona, RB16 overall last year, won a lot of people fantasy championships last year, 71 points combined in week 15 and 16, signed the big one-year deal with Arizona this season, and has potential to be an RB1 this season. So the jury's still out. I think Kenyon Drake's a good pick. In the sixth round, Jakeem Grant, who has been nothing but a return man, but we play in some leagues where return yards count. And Jakeem Grant, I remember me and Michael shared a team no me michael and jason both all shared a team last year in the um draft of giants draft with giants league and jakeem grant no, that was the first grant year we had our own game. team last year yeah two years ago and jakeem grant ended up being one of the best players that we had so shout out to jakeem grant in that one um uh 2017 uh they did not draft any offensive players until the seventh round where they got isaiah ford out of virginia tech complete non-factor in 2018 Mike Kosicki, I got it right, out of Penn State. He looks to be a possible future stud. He mm. finished with double-digit fantasy points in half of his last eight games. He finished the year off with a 23-point performance, six catches for 82 yards and two touchdowns. In 2019, 51 catches on 89 targets, 570 yards and five touchdowns. That's good for tight end 11 on the season. So you, you would imagine that he's only going up. So Mike Kosicki, a really good player. In the fourth round, another tight end, Durham Smythe out of Notre Dame. He's not in the league anymore. And fourth round, uh, this one is a bust. The Twins' favorite player, Kalen Balaj, out of oh, Arizona stud. State. Uh, Average 1.8 yards per carry last season. So, womp, womp. Uh, and then the Dolphins in the seventh round last year, their only pick on offense was running back Miles Gaskin, who, listen, for a seventh-round pick, he had a pretty solid yeah, season last year. True. <laughs> uh, 36 carries, 130. 
133 yards on the ground and a touchdown, seven receptions, 51 yards. That's good production out of your first round rookie seventh round pick at running back. So I give the Dolphins um, three stars because they did a lot with a little. One of the better drafting teams when it comes to fantasy that I've evaluated. So good work, Dolphins. Unexpected. That is uh, that is unexpected. Who is Kareem Garcia? All right. I'm next up, and I'm going to go with the Colts. Not a good grade here, folks. 2015 sixth-round pick running back Josh Robinson hasn't played since 2015. Yep. First-round wide receiver Philip Dorsett. I'm going to just give that a little yikes, yikes. and move First forward. Round. All right. Damn. 2016, no offensive players drafted. 2017, one offensive player drafted. Fourth-round running back Marlon Mack. And you all know how I feel about that guy. Uh, he shouldn't have his job anymore. He's been a good fourth-round pick. Fantasy He's wise, been though. a good fourth-round pick, yes. But I think that they should get a different running back. Um, 2018, sixth round, wide receiver Deion Kane. Uh, injured rookie season, now on pit. Fifth round, Jordan Wilkins. Can't beat out Marlon Mack, so how good is he? Uh, fifth round pick, wide receiver Doris Fountain. Bounced around the NFL, re-signed by Indy. Wow, he was one of those guys that... On March 31st. Analytical Twitter... Liked for some reason. They actually just re-signed him. Uh, fourth round running back, Naheem Hines. Fun little scat back. Not much for fantasy. And then 2019 second round wide receiver, Paris Campbell. Injury riddled rookie season. That's it. Marlon Mack is their shining star child. So I give the Colts a zero. Zero? Zero, on, yes. What? Dude. Marlon Mack deserves a point? At least a one yes. point, yeah. In five years, their only thing to show for them is Marlon Mack. And they deserve more than a zero? They didn't draft a lot of offensive weapons. No, the it's a zero, please. But they didn't draft zero people. We're looking though. five years. Marlon Mack. We're looking at five years. But they still drafted Marlon Mack. They got one average running back, volume based running nah, back. They should get yeah, a one. The Jets should look, get a zero. You're looking at it. You're looking at it in a in a regular like fantasy wise. Marlon Mack was a good player. Just he was one, a top. It's one player. He was a top twenty four running back. I'm so sticking they to my zero. One star. No, you can't. get out of here. That's a zero. If you ever saw one. Talking wow. five years, you guys are the being Jets too nice. Are a oh, zero. A zero is the Jets minus Darnold. That's a zero because they had zero people. I mean, with Darnold, they should still be a zero until Darnold is like a actual starter for fantasy purposes. Going I mean, on, he won, he won me a championship one year, so I'm I'm about it. To our favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. Not really our favorite team. They have drafted a lot of players over the last five years. So let's go through this. They get two and a half stars, by the way. Better than I thought I'd give them. 2015 third-round pick Duke Johnson has had a decent career. Has never really been given the the reins in a backfield, but has been a decent PPR running back for basically since his rookie season. Fourth-round wide receiver Vince Miley and tight end in the sixth-round Randall Telfer, two guys whose names are not mentioned anymore. In 2016, first-round pick Corey Coleman. Womp, womp. What a bust that was signed with the Giants last year and people are hyped thinking he was gonna have like some sort of comeback he ended up getting hurt third round pick Cody Kessler at QB trash fourth round pick Ricardo Lewis had like two good games got some hype garnered around him and it just turned out to nothing fourth round pick Seth Devolve similarly to Ricardo Lewis had a couple good games got some hype and nothing came out of it fifth round pick wide receiver Jordan Payton who knows who that is? And then fifth round pick wide receiver Rashard Higgins. Jason's Hollywood Higgins fan of his, but he just Hollywood. can't stay healthy and really hasn't done much in his career thus far. 2017 first round pick 
David Njoku looked like that was going to be great, and now he's just fallen out of favor. And who knows if he's even going to be on that team by the time the season starts. They have Austin Hooper now. That ended up being a bad pick when it looked like it was going to be a good one. Seventh-round pick, running back Matt Days. Who knows who that is? And 2018, first-round pick Baker Mayfield. Finally, they had a quarterback usable for fantasy, and then he had to go last year be absolutely atrocious. So only one good season out of Baker so far. Best pick by far, second-round pick Nick Chubb. Was a top 10 running back last year, is being drafted there this year. Round four, Antonio Callaway. The dude just can't stay on the field. Round six, Damian Ratley, another guy who has had a game or two that was interesting. And then in 2019, no offensive players drafted. They get two and a half stars. Maybe I'm being a little uh, generous, but Nick Chubb is garnering a lot of the value here as he was very nice as a rookie and then was great last year. Baker Mayfield has a chance to continue to be good. He was good as rookie season. And Duke Johnson has had a solid career as a PPR running back in the fantasy world. So the Browns get two and a half stars despite having so many busts. The names I just went through is a little ridiculous. I mean, that's what happens when you draft a lot of guys, though. They definitely went in on offense. You got to give them credit for that, at least. Yeah, they tried. They didn't succeed, but they tried. Um, it it is something to be considered that uh, they did trade their first round pick for Odell Beckham. So, I mean, for whatever that's worth. Um. All right. Uh, for me, I got the Bills here, and the Bills are up and down. They are. No, they had some good picks. They had some really bad picks. They get two stars for me. Um, let's start in 2015. Um, all the way down. They have a lot of picks here. Sixth round, Nick O'Leary at a fo- uh, Florida State. Oh, wow. uh, mostly a blocking tight end. Signed a one-year, $1.05 million contract with the Raiders this offseason with $137,000 guaranteed. Can you guys stop moving over there? Jesus. Jason's fucking crunching on that chair. Dying, man. I can't even pay attention <laughs> to what I'm saying. Um, Raiders for $137,000 guaranteed. So that kind of gives you what he is. Um, in the fifth round, Carlos Williams was their other offensive pick. Currently the starting running backs for the Toronto Argonauts. Um, in 2016, their fourth round pick was Cardinal Jones, who was the face of the XFL. Um, and uh, he's no longer playing in any league. In the fifth round, they got running back Jar- Jonathan Williams out of Arkansas. Yes, that Jonathan Williams. The Jonathan Williams who had two amazing games yep. in for the Colts last year in the absence of Marlon Mack and Jordan, Jordan Wilkins. Um, so some fans in there, some potential. Um, in the sixth round, they drafted wide receiver Colby Listenby. This looked like it had it had a potential to be a good pick. Um, he ran the second fastest 40 in the class behind Will Fuller. Um, but like Fuller, injuries have kind of defined his career. Um, he's been on the Colts practice squad for the last two seasons trying to stay healthy. He also doesn't really uh, have the name for it. Uh, he, he has to look for it. If you look at Colby. Liston B isn't much of a NFL be like that name. guy. That guy's a wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> um, in 2017, this one was one of the biggest busts of all time. Um, in the fifth round, QB Nathan Peterman out of Pittsburgh, who can make a <laughs> Yeah, was a... You can make a strong argument that Nathan Peterson is the worst Peterman. quarterback in the history of quarterbacking. Um, in his career, three touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Somehow still has a job in the NFL. Um, and then in the second round, wide receiver Zay Jones out of East Carolina. 
Um, besides defying gravity when getting up off the floor, he has had little impact on the NFL in general. He did have seven TDs last year, uh, but when they brought in better people. Hold up. Say Jones scored seven. You're bugging. Yeah, he scored seven TDs last year. He did I'm, not yeah, score seven touchdowns. My bad. Not last year. Two two years ago. When I Two All years right. ago. <laughs> Josh Allen's rookie year. That's my fault. My fault. Um, but when they actually brought in some good wide receivers to challenge him, he couldn't hang. Um, got traded to the wide receivers around midway through 2019. <laughs> <laughs> he just like got traded to the wide receivers. I did. <laughs> traded to the Raiders. The um, Raiders. Which Raiders? Definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely fair to call him a bust. Um, in 2018, um, they draft two wide receivers in the sixth and seventh round. Ray Ray McLeod, who has a total of negative two fantasy points his entire career. And wide receiver Austin Prohl, son of uh, Ricky Prohl. He's now on the Rams, inactive most of the year. This is the guy who is their shining star. In the first round, QB Josh Allen. His rushing skills have made him fantasy viable option right from the get-go. In his first two years on the ground, listen to this. The Josh Allen has rushed for 1,040 yards and 17 TDs on the ground. As he improves as a fat as a passer, he's one of the guys who I'm going to try and draft in my fantasy leagues every single year. If I have um, Dynasty, I'm trying to trade for Josh Allen because of his legs that makes him a fantasy beast. I would be selling him to you, I'll tell you that much. Well, you're you're wilding. He's not going to he be was, a starter in three years. You're wilding. He was a quarterback six last season. Um no reason to think that that's not his floor at this point. Um, and then finally last year <laughs> in, in 2019, uh, tight end Dawson Knox had an old Miss. He flashed some of his ability in that rookie year. Four streamable games, seven plus points. I'm going to make a bet with you guys right now. I bet you guys. I bet you guys. You just said his floor I, is QB6. I bet that's a you high floor. Right now, I bet you that Josh Allen finishes above QB6 this year. Fine. I'll take it. Yeah, sure. Me too. Write it down. All right. Write it down, Michael. Above because means if he finishes quarterback guys, six, who wins? The we fact win. that you guys continue... No, no. QB six or higher because it's QB six now. Fine, that's I'll still take it. Or QB six or higher. <clears throat> the fact that you guys don't think that adding Stefan Diggs to a guy that improved his completion percentage by six points and, produ- and, and improved every single stat on his offensive stat sheet in his in the entire stat sheet, who improved his his touchdowns by ten, who went down in interceptions, can't take another step forward. It makes me fucking crazy how you guys hate Josh Allen, despite the fact he was a wide receiver, a, a quarterback six. He it also makes me fucking throw, crazy, you and you do? guys laugh that like that he can't be good, like he hasn't already been. Good. You said that's his like, floor. What dude. he is now is his is his ceiling. Quarterback it's six is not crazy. his floor. And most and take away his ground work. Like, you're talking about him as a passer as if that's what led to QB6. Relax. It's his legs while he's QB6. So, I don't know what to tell you, guy. Next on up are the Titans. Yeah. The Titans, if you're trying They've to They've done kind of okay. Based on two guys, who you'll see. Let's go to 2015. They drafted a lot of players. Seventh round wide receiver Trey McBride. That didn't work out. Fifth round running back David Cobb. Started a game for Tennessee. Hasn't played in the league since. Fourth round fullback Jolston Fowler. Okay. Second round wide receiver Doriel Green Beckham. Wow. Another D-B-G. guy that never panned out that people thought would. Spark athlete. Spark athlete. Uh, and then first round quarterback Marcus Mariota. Never a fantasy star, but he was consistent for a couple of years. Yuck 2016 fifth round wide receiver Tajay Sharp. Uh, 
Adam Schefter thinks he's great because he's Stephon Diggs' replacement in Minnesota. And then second round running back, Derrick Henry. He's a beast. Great pick there. 2017, seventh round running back, Kalafani Muhammad. Now on Denver, bounced around Tennessee, New England before that. Has never done anything. Don't know him. Third round tight end, John U. Smith. His best season is 439 yards and three touchdowns. If that was his second season, it takes a little bit for tight ends to come on. So John U. Smith has a bright future. Bright future, possibly. Third round, Taiwan Taylor. Had some <clears throat> hype around him at some point. Word. Has never really done anything. First round, Corey Davis. Rookie season, 34-375-0. His best season after that was 65-891-4. and Better known as being somebody who is always overdrafted and overrated. The reason true throw value was created. Yep. Word. That's I should have said that. The reason why we did true throw value. 2018 six-round pick quarterback Luke Falk, the worst quarterback in the NFL last year for the Jets. That's all. That's it for 2018. And then 2019, one pick. Second-round wide receiver A.J. Brown, 52-1051 and 8 Nailed in his rookie it. season. So looking at this, we see A.J. Brown. Corey Davis is still around, even though he's a bum. Uh, John New Smith might take a step forward. They have Derrick Henry. Give him a two and a half. I said Fair. I didn't do halves, but I added a half. Fair. Because I realized I was being too harsh. Derrick Henry gives him a big boost. And that's it for the AFC South, folks. That's it. I'm going to end off the AFC North then with the Cincinnati Bengals, and they get two stars. Okay. Which probably not surprising if you think about the Bengals, but let's go through this. 2015 third-round pick, Tyler Croft, their forever backup tight end that randomly scores a touchdown. That then got a lot of bucks to play for the Bills. <laughs> yeah, and has not done much there either. He's more of a blocker. Round five, CJ Uzoma, who has had a couple good games here and there, but nothing to write home about. Round seven, wide receiver Mario Alford. Nope. In 2016, here comes a good pick. Tyler Boyd in the second round was has surpassed 1,000 yards over the last two years, if I'm not mistaken. Round six, wide receiver Cody Core. He was another guy who had some hype around him that never panned out. 2017, first-round pick, eighth overall, John Ross. Had a bad rookie season, a bad sophomore season. Came on in the first three games last year. It looked like he was finally going to be a downfield threat. Then he got hurt and just was never the same. So he's a big wild card, but has mainly been a bust. Round two, Joe Mixon. Fantasy-wise, he has been overdrafted, but he has still at least been a decent con- contributor. Yeah, that's a second-round pick. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, Fourth-round pick, Josh Malone. Blah. Round five, guys, in 2017, the Cincinnati Bengals drafted Jake Elliott, the kicker. What? Yeah, they spent a fifth-round pick on Jake Elliott in 2017. I don't even know if he made the roster. I don't remember him ever being on the Bengals. Yeah, because he's actually good. Yeah. It's kind of a good pick. I think they drafted him in the fifth round and then didn't even keep him on the roster. Who knows? If I remember correctly, Jake Elliott was like a big deal coming out of college because he has such a big leg. I don't know. I honestly don't remember. Uh, Seventh-round pick, tight end, Mason Shrek. Great name. Not so great on the field. 2018, 7th round pick, quarterback Logan Woodside, their current backup. 7th round pick, a little bit of love here, Auden Tate. Mm, Auden Tate really uh, came on a little bit last year and looks like he could be a decent contributor for the next few years if given the opportunity. So not bad in the 7th round. We've been talking to each other for over 40 minutes and now we finally found our okay player past the 4th round. Yeah, there you go. Uh, And then 2019, second-round pick, tight end Drew Sample, who did not do much as a rookie and is more of a blocker anyways. Ryan Finley in the fourth-round pick. 
not good. And then another couple of hysterical picks. Remember when the Bengals drafted two different running backs in the sixth round and they both got hyped and did nothing? I do too. Travion Williams and Rodney Anderson in the sixth rounds, two guys that did nothing last year. So Boyd, Mixon, and Tate really stand out. John Ross is more of a wild card. Jake Elliott actually is decent. So they get two stars because they haven't really produced studs, but they did all right. Auden Tate, seventh round, is probably the best based on draft value. And you give them yeah, a what? Two stars. All right. I, I mean, Boyd and Mixon is decent. It's a, it's a little a lot. Um, let's go over to the Patriots. And I just want to throw out there all these pundits that suck off Bill Belichick for like, he trades all his early picks for later picks and he doesn't need these early picks. Um, yes, he does. Cause his picks blow dicks <laughs> and Bill Belichick is good at a lot of things and picking players in the draft is not one of them. I'm a they little go- confused as to why people always say he's such a great drafter. I mean, like, it's because you found Tom Brady in the sixth round. It's because you drafted Ron Gorkowski. You drafted Aaron Hernandez. In the past, he was a great drafter, but um, when you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback playing at a Hall of Fame level, <laughs> all of a sudden your draft is not <clears throat> as good as it used to. Um, the Patriots in 2019, they draft Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. Uh, first injury in first season injury play. He doesn't really look special anyway, but he is a work in progress. In the third round, Damian Harris out of Alabama, only four rush attempts all season. In the sixth round, QB Jared Stidham uh, looked horrible for one drive guy. that he was in. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, as of right now, he looks like the starter. Um, his prospects, though, are to be determined. Um, in no way am I hanging my hat and saying Jared Stidham is going to be great, but uh, I do like what I see of him when I see him. Um, in 2018, in the first round, they got Sony Michelle. Struggled, very inconsistent last season. Averaged 1.2 yards after contact last season, which is the lowest of qualified running backs. But he gets fed the rock, so he's been fantasy at least viable. Um, in the sixth round, Braxton Berrios, currently the kick returner for the Jets. In the seventh round, tight end Ryan Izzo, blocking tight end, although he did catch a touchdown last season. Uh, in 2017, they picked no offensive players. They traded their first-round pick for Brandon Cooks for whatever that's worth. Ended up flipping him for another first-round pick. That ended up becoming Isaiah Wynn, their left tackle. Um, in uh, 2016, oh, by the way, all the defensive tri- players they drafted in that in that one, besides uh, one player, the defensive end, who ended up signing um, uh, with the Lions, uh, what's his name, Trey Flowers. He was the only one that ended up being good. Um, in 2016, third round, Jacoby Brissett. Um, he's been a mid-range QB for the Colts, streaming off at defense. Yeah. Fourth round wide receiver Malcolm Mitchell out of Georgia. Now, this one is tough because he did flash greatness at greatness at times. He had games of 98 yards and 82 yards as a rookie. He played a very key role, 70 yards and a touchdown uh, in the come-from-behind win in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. He retired in 2009 after knee problems kept him out of the league since 2016. Fun fact, he's a poet now. Uh, go check out his poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2015, they also picked seven defensive players. Actually, this is the one where Trey Flowers was picked. My bad. Um, sixth round, A.J. Derby out of Arkansas was their only offensive pick. So as you can tell, no studs on offense for the Pats. Uh, one and a, I give them one and a half stars just because Sony Michelle has been a fantasy viable player, uh, kind of. Sony uh, Michelle. Yeah, not not what you expect to hear when you hear Pats. Pretty surprising, but, yeah. And because they traded the first round picks to Brandon Cooks, who was a very good fantasy player that year that he played for the Patriots, for whatever that's worth. Uh, moving on to the AFC West. We each have – I have one team, you guys have one team, and then I'm going to finish it off. So I'll save the the Chiefs for last. I'll start with the Broncos, who – not great. They had one good year besides that, yikes. Um, 2015, seventh round, Trevor Simeon 
honestly, not a bad career for a seventh round pick. Shout out Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Third round pick, tight end Jeff Hewerman. He had his days. Uh, 2016, sixth round pick, <laughs> fullback Andy Janovich. Shout out to the fullback. Not yeah. a bad pick there. Fourth round running back, Devontae Barker, Booker, who you could argue has made the Broncos worse by actually being on the field. Another guy people loved. Instead of a different running back. And then the first round pick in 2016 was quarterback Paxton Lynch. One in three careers, a starter with four touchdowns and four picks. Yuck. Now on the Steelers, 6'7", 244. They probably wish he just turns into Big Ben. Uh, 2017, Mr. Irrelevant, Chad Swag Kelly goes to the Broncos. Sixth round pick, D'Angelo Henderson, nine rushes in his career. Fifth round pick, get this, wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie. Now on Buffalo, the, uh, not getting enough touches. The gadget player. Yeah, dynamic guy, not getting enough touches in Buffalo. But fifth round pick for the Broncos. He had... He had- a good amount of plays over like 30 yards last season, McKenzie. Another fifth-round pick who got a little bit of love um, for some reason as a rookie tight end, Jake Butt, injury-riddled Jake career Butt. thus far. Word. And then in the third-round wide receiver, Carlos Henderson. Third-round pick wide receiver. You don't know his name because he's never stepped foot on the field. 2018, this is where they've done their good job because I'm giving an honorable mention, undrafted free agent, Philip Lindsay. Yep, nice, nice. And then in the fifth-round fo- tight end, Troy Fumagalli. Fourth round hey, wide we're receiver. Not, we're not we're not doing we're not doing undrafted free agents. No, so all right, fine. So all right. So honorable mention, Philip Lindsay. So then fifth round Troy Fumagalli. Fourth round wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton. Third round Royce Freeman. Second round Corlin Sutton. And then in twenty nineteen nice sixth round wide receiver Jawan Winfrey. Didn't catch a ball last year. Second round quarterback Drew Locke. Decent season, inconsistent. Let's see if he could put it together. First round tight end Noah Fan. The had fact a decent that you're going backwards through end. these rounds is mind boggling to me. Like, why are you going from sixth round to second round to first round? I feel like it's more fun that way. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, so with Corlin Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Noah Fant on the list, that's really all we got. I mean, Deshaun Hamilton doesn't count for much. I'm gonna give it two point two five. Wow, this guy went to quarter stars. Or like he didn't he didn't give half stars, but he gave quarter stars. Two point two five. All right. I'm adding the decimals now. I'm ending it. I'm just going to, like, I didn't do anything for the Las Vegas Raiders because they weren't alive five years ago. Shut up. Shut up, your face. (laughs) The Oakland Raiders, folks. Don't worry. I got you covered. The Oakland Raiders get four stars. Wow. Say what? That's right. Listen here, folks. 2015, first round pick, Amari Cooper. As much as we hate Amari Cooper, you get the... Big points here because he has been a top 24 receiver basically since his rookie season. That's five years of solid wide receiver play, and he's been a very good fantasy player, even though he's inconsistent and we don't really like him at ADP. Overall, he's been solid. Uh, Third round, Clive Walford, the tight end, had a couple big games here and there, but never really panned out. Round seven, wide receiver Andre DeBrose. He's gone, bros. And in 2016, round four, Connor Cook, backup quarterback. I mean, whatever. Michigan State, great. Yeah. Round five, running back, DeAndre Washington. So for a fifth-round pick, he stuck around, had some decent games mm-hmm. there. He's a very solid backup, so not bad. Round seven, excuse me, 2017, only a seventh-round pick, took running back Elijah Hood. That didn't work out. 2018, only a seventh-round pick, took wide receiver Marcel Aitman, who has who has been uh, has had a couple nice catches. It's looked decent here and there, so he's still on the team, still trying. 
And then in 2019, first-round pick, Josh Jacobs, a top-12 running back his first year as a Raider. Fourth-round pick, Foster Moreau, the tight end vulture, had a very solid first year as a rookie tight end, which you don't see much, has an interesting future ahead of him. And fourth-round pick, Hunter Renfro, who also had a decent season before he got hurt and was really coming on as a PPR option. So they're getting four stars, man, because they're two first-round picks, Omari Cooper and Josh Jacobs. No other second-round picks. No other third-round picks. And then they also took Foster Moreau and Hunter Renfro in the fourth round and DeAndre Washington in the fifth round. All right. Four stars for the Raiders. Not bad. Not bad. I'm giving four stars, but if you're giving four stars to that, I'm going to have to give four and a half stars to the Chargers, man. The Chargers, Chargers are a good drafting team when it comes to fantasy players. Um, let's start early and then let's go late. In 2019, they didn't spend anything on offensive players. The only thing they did was QB East and Stick at a North Dakota State. Um, did beat wow. out Cardinal Jones for the backup QB, currently the backup QB. Um, in 2018, kind of similar. They didn't go offense um, until the sixth and seventh round. In the sixth round, they got Dylan Cantrell out of Texas Tech, released no stats in the NFL. But in the seventh round, running back Justin Jackson out of Northwestern has had success here and there. Injuries round, are kind nice. of... Injuries have kind of held him back, but it looks like if they don't add anyone, he's going to be the compliment to Austin Eckler next season. So they're high on him in San Diego. Uh, here's where the good players start. In 2017, in the first round, Mike Williams out of Clemson. Now, he has not found his way in, in the offense and in the NFL quite yet, but whatever they've asked him to do, he's been elite at. So two years ago, they asked him to be a red zone threat, 10 touchdowns. Last year, they asked him to be a deep threat, led the league in yards per catch, 20.4 and had 1,000 yards on 49 catches. So once they find his niche and how to use him correctly, he's going to be a great player And um, because so far he's been really great at what they've asked him to do. In 2016, in the second round, they take tight end Hunter Henry. Henry's a bowler. Now injuries obviously have held him back, but eight TDs in his rookie season. Last year, 55 catches, 652 yards, and five TDs, despite coming back from a really devastating knee injury. Um, if healthy, I think that we can all agree that he's a top 10 tight end, a top five tight end target going into next season. And then in 2015, the home run, the stud, Melvin Gordon, um, outside of his bookend years of his rookie year in 2015 and last year, um, he had finished as a RB8 or better in fantasy, or finished as a top five fantasy option two years in a row. Um, in his five years in the league, 6,113 yards from scrimmage. That's with all the games missed and 47 TDs. You're talking about a fantasy stud. You want a guy who touches the ball 20 touches per game for Melvin Gordon. He's a fantasy beast. He's a workhorse. We can have the argument about whether or not he's a great real life running back or if he's just good, but you cannot argue that he's been a great fantasy player when he's been on the field. And Melvin Gordon is that home run pick um, for the Chargers. You also got to give them a shout-out if Jason's doing shout-outs. 2017 undrafted free agent signing Austin Eckler. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So I was I was, I was, was wondering why I didn't see Austin Eckler on this list. I was about to say why. that too. Yeah. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, Justin Jackson, uh, that's four of their six offensive picks in the last five years. I mean, sorry, sorry, four of their seven offensive picks in the last five years. That is uh, that's impressive. This is why I'm always so confused as to why they suck so bad. Because they don't have a de- – well, it's not that they don't have a defense. It's no offensive line is the real issue. The Chargers haven't had a top 
uh, an offensive line ranked in the top 20 since, I think, 2011. It's yeah. been a while. Maybe they should start stop drafting position players and draft some offensive linemen. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right, if the Raiders get a four and the Chargers get a four and a half, the Chiefs get a five. Hey-o. So we're ending this we off on a high five. note. There it is. Yeah, we got ourselves a perfect stars. score. Listen, a stud quarterback, a stud running back, and a stud wide receiver into a five. So I'll begin. 2015 third-round wide receiver Chris Conley. I mean, he was good in his role. Made some money in Jacksonville. He was decent this year. Always a spark guy. Yeah. Fifth round tight end, James O'Shawn Hennessy. O'Shawn Hennessy. O'Shawn Hennessy. You got to love that guy. Just from from the name, he bumps them up. Exactly. Seventh round, Deron Brown. Don't ask. Most recently cut by the Chargers. 2016, fourth round pick, wide receiver, Demarcus Robinson. I thought he was a little younger than that. Um, But he's had his his niche. Last year was his best season, 449 yards and four touchdowns. Not a a bad guy to have on the team. Fifth-round quarterback Kevin Hogan, nicknamed the Gunslinger. Started one game for the Browns in 2017. That was a fun game. 37 attempts, 140 yards. Yeah, that was a fun game. One touchdown, three picks. But then in the fifth round, Tyreek Tyreek Hill. You know the deal. That is – okay, so like we were saying, like – you're going to listen to that and say, but he was a fifth-round pick. He would have been a, a borderline first-round pick, but he beat the shit out of, his, uh, out of a girl in college, if I'm not mistaken, right? Tyreek Hill? No. Yeah, he did. He had he had real personal issues, and that's why he dropped to the fifth round. It wasn't because of any skill or anything. He was supposed to be a first, second-round pick. He was a first-day pick kind of guy. Also, he I was going to talk about people behind the fourth round that we usually say stay away from. Michael was all over Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Michael's calling Tyreek Hill when his first touchdown was a kick return touchdown. Michael's like, oh, this guy, pick him up. <laughs> like, the fuck are you talking that was about? That's great. Uh, nine touchdowns on 95 touches his rookie year. So that's a win right there. And then 2017. Let's get fourth round pick wide receiver Jay Hu Chesson out of the way. Current member of the Jets with one career catch. So shout out Jets there. Third round pick Kareem Hunt. Rookie season, 1,327 rushing yards. Eight touchdowns, 455 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Jeez. Was on pace for similar numbers through 11 games the next season when he got suspended. And he was very consistent and efficient on limited touches for the Browns last year. What an idiot that guy is, man. He's a baller. So, stud went on the field. Yeah. And then 2017 first-round pick quarterback Patrick Mahomes. If you know, you know. And then 2018, they didn't really need offensive help. So, they went with Tremont Smith, wide receiver. Um he was released when Byron Pringle got added to the team last season. Fun fact, he also began his career as a cornerback, despite being drafted as a wide receiver, and then switched to running back, and now is back at cornerback. So debatable, even if that's an offensive pick. Seems so athletic. basically what you're yeah, about to say, super athletic guy who can't <laughs> seem to keep his hands on the ball. Yeah. And then 2019, they went back to offense a little. Sixth-round pick, Darwin Thompson. Touched the ball 46 times last season. But, you know, sixth-round pick, Whatever, right? Second round pick, Nicole Hardman. On just 41 targets, he had 538 yards and six touchdowns. So, Nicole Hardman looking like a good pick. They got Patrick Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, Demarcus Robinson, Chris Conley, and James O'Shaughnessy were decent picks. Tyreek Hill in the fifth round. That's a five, if you ask me. That's a five, for sure. And, Jason, just so you know, I know... I know you're one of the whitest people in America, but uh, that's not how you use the phrase if you you know you know. If you know you know. Everyone knows about Tyreek Hill. I mean, uh, about Patrick Mahomes. If you Literally know. everyone. Like, my wife knows about you Tyreek Hill. I mean, about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. If you know, you know. If you know, you know, it's for someone, it's for something that's not. <laughs> yeah. Popular. If you know, you know. Okay. 
Like me with Tyreek Hill, if you know, you know, back like in 2017. Something that if you know, you know, is that we only have the realest guests on this pod. True. And if you know, you know, then you were listening last year when Bob Lung came on here with his consistency guide. And if you know, you know, then you know that Bob Lung is not only a great fantasy guy, but he's also just one of the good guys in the industry. And we like him a lot. Um, next up on the Real Recognize Real hotline is Bob Lung. Let's do it. Next up on the Real Recognize Real hotline is Bob Lung, one of our favorites, a return guest. Michael, give the man a proper introduction. Yes, welcome, Bob. Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports and the world-renowned author of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Three-time, um, what is it? Uh, FSWA. FSWA-nominated publication of the year. Winner in 2018. Welcome, Bob. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, great to be back on. I know I got to do this last year. It's hard to believe it's been that quick, but uh, time flies and you're having fun. In the last month and a half, we haven't been having fun. So uh, prior to that, it was rolling really fast. <laughs> yeah, hopefully time yeah. speeds up a little bit now and then. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Everything's good for football season. Uh, as you guys know, the draft is steadily approaching. And one thing that... Um, one thing that we went over in this episode and we go over all the time is consistency. One of the reasons why we hate guys like Joe Mixon when other guys love them is because consistency. And Bob Lung is the best at telling you who is consistent and who is not. And it's a great tool to have. So before we even get into anything, Bob, if you could just tell the people like where to find the consistency guide and what they could do to get that. Well, as always, you can get the hard copy on Amazon to search for 2020 fantasy football guide. I think if you even type in fantasy football consistency, it pops up right away. But uh, don't search under Bob Lung. Somebody did that the other night and they said, are you thinking Bob Lung? No, we're not. And so obviously they weren't well trained for that. So just do fantasy football consistency. But get the guide there. The best thing I always tell people, buy the guide, get it, and then use the coupon code at the bottom of the pages. Go back to the website, get the VIP access for the entire rest of the season for only $10. They get you all the updates to all the book all summer long, all the tier draft list updates, access to the consistency report where you can put in your own scoring method and find out who the most consistent players are in your league, maybe in your keeper league, dynasty league. You can kind of start working on some trades now, do some things like that. Play in the best ball leagues. I've done that. A lot of good value out there in best ball leagues right now that you can grab, especially if you kind of have an idea on the consistency data and know, you know, who you can trust and who you can't going forward and you can get them some pretty good deals. So that's where you can get that. Awesome. So Bob, I just want to start with for any new listeners or listeners last year who need a quick refresher course, a little history about the consistency guide, like when you decided to create it, how it came about, uh, why you decided to target on consistency, just a basic overview right. about the the history of the consistency guide. Sure. Yeah. So I, I started playing fantasy football in 1985, which probably before you guys were born and or at least close. Um, <laughs> I, I was 88. I'm the oldest of the bunch. Okay. All right. That's cool. Uh, so yeah. So Tim was three um, <laughs> and he was sitting there going, man, what am I doing? I should be playing fantasy football, but here I am trying to learn how to take a poop in the, on my own. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, very so, consistently that, as well, <laughs> very consistent. Yeah. He was trying to be consistent with the potty training. Um, at that point, uh, I started playing fantasy football 2002. Uh, we're in our touchdown only league that we had created in 85. I have Sean Alexander 
And uh, my team goes seven and seven, but it's the second highest scoring team in the league. And I'm like, I didn't understand why. And then I started looking at uh, the MVP of the year, Sean Alexander's touchdown scoring stretches. And he had five touchdowns in one game on a Monday night, huge game. Uh, then he had three in another game, two in another game. So he scores 10 out of his 15 touchdown rushing touchdowns in literally three games out of the first 14. So my team goes seven and seven because the other ones he was getting zero. And uh, so as I kind of looked at this and my day job is I'm an accountant. So obviously I like numbers. So I started looking at the numbers, you know, doing a little Lotus one, two, three. No, I guess I was using Excel then. Um, but I put together, uh, you know, kind of looked at it and said, you know, if, if Sean Alexander would just scored one touchdown every week instead of those massive games, I would have won two more games, made the playoffs, won the championship. And so that kind of the light bulb goes off. And I'm like, well, if that applies to him, that could apply to other players and different scoring methods. And long story short, got to a few years ago when I've been wanting to take all that data and, and put it into fantasy magazines that you could buy out on the on the shelves. Um, and I was writing articles for guys like Fantasy Football Guide and, and Sports Blurb and Creative Sports and, you know, various people like that. And I said, hey, can we add like some consistency data to the profiles? And they're like, well, we don't have enough room. It's not going to fit. And I said, that's fine. So at that point, I kind of found out through somebody, I don't remember who, that I could self-publish my own book on Amazon and sell it. I'm like, okay, let's give that a shot. Hmm. So Three years ago, four years ago, I did that. You know, sold like 65 copies the first year. I think I bought 50 of them, gave them away. Um, and then, you know, since then, last year, sold 3,000 copies. As you mentioned, nominated three years in a row by Fantasy Sports Writers of America as Best Fantasy Publication. And won the award last year. And to be honest with you, I never would have dreamed that ever would have happened. I was just excited to put out my own magazine and have people buy it. So. That's how kind of it all came about. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, this is a very useful guide. What's funny is we were, so our podcast today was about um, rookies. And right. right when we hop onto your guide, page nine, you have rookies versus consistency. Talking about <laughs> how everyone always asks you, why don't you include rookies? And we've had some success drafting rookies. And our general mantra is try to avoid them. And that's kind of shown in these first few pages here. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Right. So if you, uh, for those of you who have your book at home, get out to page nine and you will see that since 2010, there have been 428 quarterback running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends only drafting the first four rounds. Cause we don't, you know, that's usually where the stars are going to show up. If there's going to be a, every once in a while, you're going to get a Tom Brady in round six, but it doesn't happen often. Uh, so 428 guys drafted since 2010. Of those drafted, only 36 of them, or 8.4% of that group, earned a 60% consistency rating in their rookie season, which 60% is kind of the what's necessary to be a basic starter for most teams. Now, I mean, that's more wide receiver running backs. I mean, if you have a 60% in quarterbacks, that's not good enough, but we, we, we did it for all four positions. But what it's really saying is that almost 92% of the time, they're not going to earn 60% and not be worth it to keep. If you're in a redraft league, rookies really, you shouldn't draft hardly any unless you've got some, unless you just know that, that you know, Saquon Barkley's Ezekiel Elliott's, you know, somebody like that that's really going to step in. But 
outside of wide receivers, there really hasn't been a lot of balance that, you know, or in that position that has jumped out to be worthy. So there's been some good running backs and some good receivers, not a ton of quarterbacks, not a ton, definitely hardly any, only two tight ends uh, have ever made it over 60%. One was Evan Ingram. The other one was Jordan Reed. So Gronk, Zeke, or Gronk, Kelsey, Kittle, uh, Ertz, none of those guys in their first year even made 60%. So it's very difficult. We, we all heard last year about Hawkinson and Fant and how awesome they were going to be and great, and everybody strapped them, and they were going way overvalued, mm-hmm. didn't do anything. I think the, the highest between the two, I think, was 25%, and I think that was Fant. So that's what that's – it's not that I hate rookies. A lot of people think I hate rookies. I don't hate them. I'm just saying the numbers show that it's probably not your best interest – uh, in a redraft league to draft rookies, at least not in the first, maybe five or six rounds. So you mentioned Tom Brady and having that six round steal. Uh, it's keeping on the subject of Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to a new team today. I mean, um, well, this today. year. Yeah. So <laughs> today you have one of the most consistent people in the league, two of the most consistent guys in the league, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And those guys consistency was really dependent on a different offensive system, a different quarterback. Obviously, Jameis Winston is a completely different guy than Tom Brady is. Right. How do you use the consistency guide, or how can you um, try to match up consistency when it comes to someone changing a team or having their quarterback or you know the guy that runs the offense, like offensive coordinator or anything, having that big of a difference um, in what they're going to be playing this year? No, it's a, it's a great question, and, and it's 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 actually a lot more difficult. Um, you know, the best I can do is kind of look at the scenario, look at the coaching, look at the, the system. Um, you know, some of the things that I looked at when kind of analyzing Tom Brady this year was, you know, he has done nothing the last two years, 44% consistency last year in New England, 56% the year before. But just three years ago in 2017, when he had a very good team and a healthy Gronk and everything was clicking in New England, he was second in total points and ninth in consistency. So even though he is older, he certainly hasn't that many more years removed from having a good year when he had talent. So he comes to Tampa Bay. He has talent now. And, you know, he's certainly not going to throw 30 interceptions. He probably can throw 30 touchdowns. My only concern about Brady is that um, the reason Winston had to throw 30 touchdowns is because he threw 30 interceptions. So he throwed, he throws two pick six and now they're down 21. He's got to throw three or four touchdowns just to get back in the game. So I, I wonder if that's going to hurt a little bit, but as you mentioned, he's got two of the most consistent fantasy wide receivers in the game and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So from that alone, you know, and then throw in a good tight end, whether it's Brait or Howard or both, um, there should be good reason for him to be back in the top 12 again. That's where I have him right now. I have him ranked 12th, but he's not getting that much love. He's, you know, kind of around 15th, 16th ADP wise. But I think that with that team, I think he can get back up there, especially in the consistency realm and get back in the top 10 uh, quarterbacks that he was in the past. I'm going to stick to the Bucks here for a sec because – uh, one of my favorite little tidbits you have in your um, guide here is under the consistent undervalued players, Ronald right. Jones, which might yeah. surprise some, but you point mm-hmm. out that when he's received not 15... me, <laughs> just throwing that out there, not me. <laughs> I'll a, continue. He's now, not so. a hater. <laughs> Tim's not a hater. So uh, right. 
<laughs> you pointed out that when he received 15 or more touches in a game, he earned an average of 14.4 fantasy points and had a 78% consistency rating. Uh, I mean, that's very good. And that's a very useful way to look at it, looking at number of touches and such. So what do you right. expect from Ronald Jones this season? Right now, I expect him to be on all my teams because in most of the best ball drafts I've done, I've got him as my wide receiver or my running back three easily. Um, sometimes my running back four. Um, obviously, nobody else looked at these numbers other than me, I, other than Tim. Um, because to be honest with you, I wasn't a big fan of Ronald Jones. You know, when I, when I started putting the guide together, Ronald Jones w- was not on my list of guys that I expected to be deep you know hyping this year mm-hmm. but when i looked at the game by game scenarios um when i put you know in each profile there's a you know clutch games by week which shows you how they did and you know whether they had a good second half or first half or you know maybe something in between and i'm like you know i usually try to look at you guys when they have maybe around 50 percent consistency to say okay well what happened in those games that they did make it and what happened in the games they didn't a guy that i had this happen to last year was chris carson um, and I had him in my undervalued because when he was getting the touches in Seattle, he proved he could be a, you know, a, a high running back two or a low running back one. And so that's where I had him ranked. And that's where he ended up. I'm thinking somewhere around 12th or 14th in both total points and consistency for the year. So Ronald Jones, to me, is kind of that same person. And the fact that Peyton Barber has left, there really is much competition. Now, obviously, Tampa Bay goes out and drafts a pretty high end running back we might have a different story in, in mm-hmm. you know, in a couple of weeks, but my thought is I don't think they're going to go after somebody like that. I think they've got other pressing needs, especially on defense. And I think they'll go after those. And uh, you know, they're, they are talking about training, you know, maybe OJ Howard away. So we'll see what happens there. But right now I like Howard or uh, Ronald Jones is definitely a, a solid late round or, you know, mid to late round pick. Uh, like I said, I'm getting them all in my best ball leagues. And if, if they don't, bring in somebody worthy of, of trying to give him some competition and he still may be fine. Um, I think he's a great value this year heading into the year. That is pretty shocking. Like you, you don't hear Ronald Jones and think consistency right away. If you're trying well, to again, explain. if you look at the total, if you look at the picture of consistency, he's not, it's just those games where he was getting the ball more, which was more in the second half of the year when they kind of decided, okay, let's, let's give this kid a chance. Let's use him. Let's give them the opportunity, and they didn't use Peyton, Peyton Barber as much. That's when it kind of kicked in. But again, you know, sometimes that's the way players are. The more they get, the better they are. You know, they get a better feel for the game, the holes, the speed. And next thing you know, you know, they take off. And when they get more touches, Ronald Jones proved he could be that. Bob, I always knew I liked you. I like you even more now. <laughs> like you All right, man. Appreciate that, bro. So I want to ask you about quarterbacks here because quarterbacks are often overlooked when it comes to. Fantasy drafts, you either have the guy who is like, I'm drafting Patrick Mahomes in the third round, or the guy who's like, I'm going to wait till round 12 to draft a Philip Rivers type guy and just get a quarterback who's going to be decent week to week. And one player that I haven't touched over the last couple years, despite him putting up some monster games, is Russell Wilson, because he just seems to always be so inconsistent. And then you look at his clutch rating and of the tier two quarterbacks, he really sticks out because he's 56%. And then you got guys like Dak Prescott at 81%, Matt Ryan, 73, Drew Brees, 73. Is Russell Wilson someone you try to stay away from in a uh, typical redraft leagues? Um, You know, I usually do not because he's 
been terribly inconsistent. Honestly, this is his worst consistency season he's had. Um, if you look at 2018 and 2017, both years he was 69%, which ranked him eighth one year, tied for fourth with the other. Um, so, you know, he's proven he can put up numbers. His number, his fourth ranking in total points last year shows he can put up numbers. The weird thing was heading into 2019, this is where Russell Wilson's years used to go. He would go like two for five, start off slow, everybody gave up on him, and then he would rip off like eight or nine straight at the end of the year. And then he'd be 11 of 16 and be 69%. So that's what we expected. The weird thing was 2019, he did the complete opposite. He started off red hot. He went five for six. Every, and I thought, wow, here we go. If he rips off his nine straight, this guy's running away with the MVP. No, he actually goes the opposite direction, only goes five out of 10 over the last 10 games. And he ends the year at 56%. So consistency-wise, he ranks 16th amongst quarterbacks. Hmm. It's not that he's a bad quarterback. It's just that, you know, they got a better running game. Um, they got a night, you know, they, they did a little bit better. Um, you know, they were in some games where they obviously they got to play the 49ers twice, the Rams twice. You know, there's there's some good defenses in that realm there. Um, you know, I think he'll come back and be strong. The problem is, is he's still in the top three or four in quarterbacks ADP wise. And when I can wait until round six, seven, eight and get guys like Prescott, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, guys that I know I can get 70 percent or higher consistency out of. Why would I draft Russell Wilson? you know, a couple rounds before that. So that's where I'm at with him. Don't hate him just at the value just isn't there at this point for me. So you already mentioned that Ronald Jones was not a guy that you were looking at uh, in particularly, but as you were doing this, it stood out. Um, is there a couple guys that stood out that way to you that you can kind of give us a little uh, inside look at who could have the possibility to break out? Like maybe some sleepers that you found, <laughs> while doing your research that maybe you wouldn't have really thought of otherwise. Right. Like so, yeah, no. And so the best thing to do obviously is take a look at the undervalued players and the, the articles in the magazine. Um, and I'm going to stay with the running back position. Uh, everybody believes that the 49ers were, are still obviously still coming into this year as a running back by committee. Um, I've, I've, you know, the best ball drafts I've done, you know, Guys are not, you know, none of their, none of the main guys are being drafted fairly early. And again, kind of like with Ronald Jones, if you looked at the last rec six regular season games, Raheem Mostert was 100% consistent and earned 17.56 fantasy points a game. Yep. And that means Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida were still there. They were healthy. They could have played. They got some touches during the game. We also saw it during the playoffs. You know, they got some touches during the games, but Mostert was the man through the playoffs. He obviously destroyed the Packers and had a pretty good uh, uh, game in the uh, Super Bowl as well, but obviously they didn't win. Uh, you know, and he's going like right now somewhere in like round five, round six, and I'm getting him as my running back too. So I'm getting him like a, you know, a top guy in the first round, whether it's, you know, somebody like uh, Dalvin Cook or, you know, if I'm drafting early, I'm getting, you know, McCaffrey or somebody. And then I'm going like three straight wide receivers, maybe uh, maybe even go to Kelsey in there and then load up and then get Mo Raheem Mostert as my running back two in round five or six. And I think he's just a great value right now. Uh, his ADP is RB29. So you can get him as your RB3 almost if you wanted to. 
Also someone easy to root for. Bouncing around teams yeah. and then shining a little bit later in his career. Right. I yeah, he was on the Browns roster. They screwed that up as usual. I, I agree that he's a tremendous <laughs> value at ADP right now. But yeah, you can't blame the Browns. <laughs> right. No. Um, another guy that's really surprised me um, at the wide receiver position, and I have him right now as my undervalued. Now, this changed a little bit when Stefan Diggs went to Buffalo. But do you guys realize that Cole Beasley last year was 34th in total points and 19th in consistency as a wide receiver? He was top 36 in mm. both spots. Nobody realizes that. I didn't realize that until I looked at it. <laughs> and I put the numbers together, and, it's, and I'm like, wait a minute. Tim, is that right? I'm Tim like, loves is there you even more right now. Bob, I love you, man. <laughs> Tim, um, all, all the time last year, we'd be like, eh, Cole Beasley. Tim would be like, put him in and get the 9 to 11 points. Like, <laughs> there you go. Right, exactly. He was the man. And here's the thing. I think with Diggs coming in, I don't think Beasley gets affected by Diggs. I think John Brown gets affected by Diggs because they're both deep. they're both deep threats. You know, Cole Beasley is the Julian Edelman to Josh Allen. You know, he is the guy that he needs on third down and five to get to six yards. He's the guy he's going to rely on. He's his, you know, when he's in trouble, you know, that guy is his security blanket. That's not going to go away with Stefan Diggs there, I don't think. Um, so that's why I like, you know, Beasley. I mean, right now you could get Beasley. I think his ADP is like wide receiver 78. I mean, he's yeah. not even a, a, a mm -hmm. thought process right now for most best ball players. So I'm grabbing him like round, you know, 15, 16, 18, whatever. Uh, so another great guy that, you know, again, while I was doing this went, huh, what do you know? Um, probably the last guy I'll throw out there. And this is at tight end um, is this guy I loved a few years ago. And what people don't realize is this tight end just three years ago, 2017 was both fourth in total points and top 10 in consistency or eighth in consistency. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. Oh. Jack Doyle just in 2017 when Andrew Luck was playing and they didn't have Ebron. He was fourth in total points, eighth in consistency. Right now his ADP is tight end 26. He has Philip Rivers there at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Who loves their their tight end more than Philip Rivers most of the time? He's always used the tight end, whether it's Hunter Henry or Antonio Gates. And I just think Doyle with Ebron not around now is just going to be a great value. I'm getting him as my backup tight end in most leagues. But, you know, even at that, in a, in a best ball league, that's great because then, you know, if he has a decent game or, you know, maybe your big tight end has a week off, he can be a great value. And I think he's going to be a great value in redraft leagues too because if you want to wait on tight end, you can wait to round 12 and get him as your starter and load up on, you know, running backs and wide receivers. So I think another guy that I, I really love is Jack Doyle heading into this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'll let other people take the rookie tight ends that never perform and I'll gladly oh, take gosh, Jack yeah. Doyle. <laughs> I want to look at an entire team for a second. Not necessarily an entire team, but a guy that we do not like, to be completely honest. Teddy Bridgewater. I was kind of glad to see that he was 29th in consistency. So even though he got those quarterback wins... And even though he put up all right, decent numbers, and some people are convinced he's going to be great for Carolina, he was only 29th last season in consistency rating. Now he's going to a new team. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, all fighting for targets because we know Christian McCaffrey is going to get his. How do you think this plays right. out in Carolina? I'm okay to draft McCaffrey, obviously, just because you know Bridgewater just doesn't have a big arm. 
you know, he's a dink and dunk kind of guy. He's, you know, he does a decent job, but he's not great. And he won football games for New Orleans. And that's all they asked him to do while Breeze was out. Um, you know, him as a starter in Carolina, you know, the I, I could see Ian Thomas doing very well. In fact, I have Ian Thomas in the undervalued tight end scenarios right now. Because, again, I think he's going to be kind of a, you know, good security blanket to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I'm worried about you guys like DJ Moore. There is no way I'm touching DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson or even Samuel, because I just don't see them throwing the ball deep enough to, to get that done. I think they're going to try to, you know, be a more conservative team, uh, keep the short intermediate passes. And I don't think they stretch the field as much and I'm not sure Bridgewater has the arm to do it. So I, I'm, I'm definitely not, uh, I, I'm like you, I'm not very high on Bridgewater or the Carolina passing game outside of Ian Thomas and McCaffrey. We actually made a bet with a Twitter uh, fantasy guy that we interact with. Okay. He thinks Bridgewater is going to be a top six QB. We're like, wow, yeah. We'll gladly put money on that. And we actually <laughs> bet $150 to his $100 that Bridgewater top- wouldn't be a top six quarterback. Top six in the AFC or in the NFC South? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not even sure I gave him top six in the NFC. I know. I mean, that scaled it back. Yeah, yeah I, I don't see it. If if that is, it's because he's thrown 50 times a game, 48 times he's thrown it to Brit or to uh, McCaffrey. <laughs> McCaffrey has 700 fantasy points. That's the only Yards way I can see it. Catch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we let you go, one more thing. The consistency guide now has IDP in it. We I are guess. not IDP players personally. I I kind of want to try it out. I never have before, uh, but it is becoming a more popular concept. If you just want to talk about the IDP section, since it's brand new for uh, listeners. Well, and so I've always I, I've really only played once in a league where I had like three or four IDP guys on the team. Um, interestingly enough, I won the league, and I couldn't even tell you the four guys that I rotated in on a weekly basis because I just basically like I drafted like three or four guys in the draft that I could recognize their name <laughs> and I didn't have any data to go with it. And uh, the rest of the year I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Now who sh- I should pick up this guy this week. Cause that's who the highest. Yeah. I mean, I literally did nothing with it. So I'm not an IDP guy either, but here's what happened. And this is what I, this is one of my favorite stories. Um, and you'll read about it probably in the introduction of the guide and, and in the article itself. So the gentleman that put the IDP consistency already to go together, it's from Brazil. And they um, started a Brazil fantasy football site a couple years ago. Um, I gave, I sent them free guides so that they could use it and read it and understand what I was trying to promote. And ever since then, they've written articles and taken my data and put it into articles in Portuguese so that they could promote it on their site. Um, This past um, year during the season, Uh, In 2019, they started putting together Excel spreadsheets and data relating to the IDP uh, inconsistency because they played more IDP than than others did. And so at the end of the year, they kind of did a year-end wrap-up. And I asked them, I said, "Um, guys, would you like to, since you guys kind of been using my stuff on your site, can I use your, can you create an end-of-the-year IDP article for me highlighting the top, you know, uh, defensive linemen, linebackers, et cetera, and I'd like to put it in the guide. I said, because I don't, I don't have the time to, to do it, but you guys obviously have. And, and they, they loved it. They, they were very excited about it. And uh, so I put it in the guide and that it's uh, um, 
two gentlemen, Rio Mauricio and Cabby Chow Ribeiro. I don't, I'm sure I'm, I'm butchering the crap out of it, but, um, and, uh, but they, you know, super happy. And so it's out there and their goal is to continue to update it through the 2020 season. And you do a weekly thing on that. And, uh, so they're very excited about getting that and I'm excited about having it in there so that people can kind of, you know, use their site uh, to expand on that. That's very cool. I mean, just having, having listeners from all over the world, it's just such a cool uh, experience and to have them want to add to your product as well. Even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, last within the last two weeks, I was on a Irish guy from Ireland and, a, and the guys from Britain, five yard rush. Uh, we do a big job over there. Good job over there in, uh, fancy football. Um, and I mentioned them actually in the guide as well. Uh, it's just awesome to have that kind of camaraderie, that kind of community. Uh, and it's been weird because when I've interviewed, you know, I've been on their shows, the weird thing is that they're going through the same crap we are, you know, this is a worldwide epidemic. Mm -hmm. This is not a just, Oh, it's hitting the Midwest or, you know, United States, you know, they're in lockdown. Like we're in lockdown, like Brazil's in lockdown, like Ireland's in lockdown. I mean, it's just, a wild concept to, to realize that this is going on all over the world and they're in the same boat and bored out of their skulls as well. So there we go. And we got fantasy football to make up for it yes. as, as much yeah, as, well, can. that's why I put the guide three. I, I put the guide out three weeks early because people were asking me back in February, Hey, you got, you got to put this out. When, when are you going to put it out? And then when the stuff started hitting, they're like, you know what we could use right now, Bob, the consistency guide. What do you say? And I'm like, all right, sure, why not? So bust my ass for about two and a half weeks, got it done, and here we are. So I'm glad. And I'm going to be enjoying fun. that consistency guide for the next few weeks, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Bob Lung, thank you so much for coming on, man, a friend of the show. Um, like we said, go get this consistency guide. It is one of the secret weapons that we have on the show, and it is can be a secret weapon for you as well. Uh, make sure you're getting that. It's available on Amazon, like you said. And um, in fact, Plug your plug it one more time so everyone knows exactly where to find it. And of course, you guys know for any of your listeners out there, give away a free copy every once in a while just to you know share the love. Uh, I, I enjoy doing it, and so you guys always have free access to send out a free copy or two, you know, every show or just for your listeners or whatever. Um, and if you need a new updated one when I do them, I'll, I'll give that to you as well. But as you said, get it on Amazon. And then come to the website, subscribe to the to all the extra tools and data for the rest of the year. And uh, it's only 10 more dollars. So it helps, you know, helps everything and, you know, try to keep costs down. I know everybody, some people are out of jobs. And that's why the other day I gave away like 100 copies just for fun to Twitter all day long. Just I got lots of great stories. It just was just here you go. Emailing them out. Here you go. Here's PDF, PDF. And I'll probably do it again next week just because I know we're all we're all stuck in the same problem in the same boat. So. Uh, love to share it. Love to get it out there. Thank you guys again for having me on. Always a pleasure. Uh, look forward to hopefully be talking to you guys again, maybe May, June, and we'll be talking about real football actually coming. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Thanks so much. This was great. Uh, always great to have you on. Always. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. All right. Thank you, Bob. What a what a convo that was. Great. So guy. we learned a lot. Most importantly, that Tim and Bob hang out. Um, on the weekends who knew <laughs> the, most importantly <laughs> that i'm actually like when other people are on this podcast i actually have a chance to be someone say hey tim you were right about one thing in your life and not get hated on 24 7 by that's my actually brother. a 
hilarious uh, realization. Right nah, there. as Tim, <laughs> as Bob gets to know Tim more, he'll realize that this doesn't happen often. Yeah, 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 yeah. Suck it when. Ronald Jones and Cole Beasley going ape on you guys this week this year, then you'll understand. Well, um, I'm anyway. not I'm not buying into the Cole Beasley stuff, but Ronald Jones is very interesting. You're not going to take Cole Beasley anyone. as wide receiver like 75 in a best ball. Yeah, nah, fuck that. Fuck that noise. Really? Yo, he yo he's the Jason is the official Cole Beasley hater, but he's like the perfect guy to take in a best ball at that time because yeah. you could pick a guy like Amari Cooper who will get you three points like in four games next year. And it doesn't matter because when he sucks, you got Cole Beasley. Oh, because then Cole Beasley is going to give you seven. Yeah. Nine to 11. <laughs> nine to 11. You're the one that said that, not me. Um, Jason, where could they find you to argue with you about Cole Beasley? At BrotoFF Jason. I'm at BrotoFF Mike. And I, I'm, and I, excuse me, and at BrotoFF Tim. You see what we did there? Also, for everything Broto, you can find us at BrotoFantasy.com or at BrotoFantasy on Twitter. Also, at BrotoFantasy on Instagram. Follow the Instagram. We got a bunch of cool stuff on that IG. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you know, IG. <laughs> wow. It's time. It's time for me to go. I've been quarantined for yep. too long. For um, real. Yeah, we hope everyone's out there staying safe. Safe, you know, you can't go a whole episode without mentioning about uh, our unfortunate reality. Uh, we probably won't be coming to you next Thursday because the draft is next Thursday, so we'll probably have a little bit of a delayed um, episode just to get that draft stuff in next week. But make sure to look out for us, even though it's not on the regular day. Also, for the Patreon episode, like Bob Lung said, we are going to be giving out a free consistency guide to one of the patrons, so we'll have a um, we'll have a contest for that. For the patrons only, if you want to join the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash um, brotofantasy or brotofantasy.com, you could find that out. And, you know, if you really want to be part of the Patreon and you don't have the funds right now, you don't have because, you know, some people don't have the three dollars a month right now. And I, and I get it. Um, you know, DM us on Twitter and we'll see what you can do. What we could do for you because, uh, you know, we're all about helping those in need. And if you need some fantasy football in your life, uh, maybe we can get you something for at least a temporary amount of time. Um, but yeah, that's all for us. I hope everyone out there staying safe. Um, call your mom. Tell her you love her. You haven't seen her in a while. Your dad. Unless you're the twin. When was the last unless, time you did that, Tim? I I talked to mom earlier today. Nah, all right. I don't know. Okay. I've been calling mom like every day. All right. Me and mom have become very close during this quarantine. Dad, on the other hand, doesn't talk. He he he's just like ah all right, and then he. He'll have a conversation with you for like three minutes, and then it's clear that he stops paying attention. He's not once, a phone guy. Yeah. Once he uh, once he loses interest, it's done. It's done. It's done. The other day I was FaceTiming him out uh, literally in the middle of a sentence. He goes, "All right, bye." Wait. <laughs> 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 That's my dad. If you knew my dad, you know. If you knew our dad, you'd know that. But anyway, um, from our family to yours, wishing you good health, and until next time, peace. Later. Oh, and uh, Ooh. if you celebrated last Sunday, or if you celebrate this Sunday, Happy Easter. Yeah. Happy Easter. And happy Passover as well. And happy Passover. All right. Holler. Later.